So, like, take off to the great white north. Take off. It's a beauty way to go. Take off, you hosers. Episode 15 of Hosers. My name's Chris Killingsworth. Joining me as always is my co-host Carter Lupel. What's going on, man? How's it going, Chris? It's going good. Uh, sorry about the delay in the episode. We were going to record uh, earlier this week, but we wanted to get an uh, episode out before the, uh, the finals got started. How are you feeling about... There's no way for me to put this nicely, given how I feel about the Golden Knights, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. I like the... The train needs to stop. Like it's, it's getting too wild. Like, but at, like in the opposite end, they they played for it. Yeah. So like we, we can. I don't know if you want to dive into it now or if you want to dive into it later. But yeah. Well, let's. I mean, yeah. Let's get into it in a few minutes. Um, thanks for letting me use the Doctor Feelgood intro. That's okay. Finally. <laughs> Um, anybody who knows me knows that I, uh, like Motley Crue's got to be one of my favorite bands and where this podcast is very, very much about hockey. It's also about me talking about music and, and <laughs> you either disagreeing or, or agreeing, but just, it's just April wine <laughs> and <laughs> rush, <laughs> April wine rush. Yeah. We, uh, went for a deep cut with uh, Motley Crue, but, um, I just think that the Dr. Feelgood intro might be one of the best intros in, in all of music. Oh, yeah. It's such a good hype track. So heavy. It always makes me fired up and ready to go. We should put that in our coach's contract next year. We need that song playing whenever we skate on the X. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, for me, like, the funniest thing about Motley Crue, I, I am going to tell a quick story before we get started. <laughs> so we had a question in our in our mailbag, if you will, about how did we get into the music that we listen to now? Okay. And I thought, hmm, That's a good that one. was an interesting one. As you guys know, the uh, the playoffs don't leave us with too much to talk about, so we're going to talk about some other stuff on this episode as well. And the last episode we did with our friend Danny was awesome. We got a lot of really positive response back from it. So, Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Honest to God, I had people at work like straight up roasting me. They're like, yeah, Popeye's French fries are the best in the world and your opinion about beans and rice is wrong. <laughs> and I think for those of you guys who don't know, Danny and I work together and I'm, I'm pretty sure he like riled everybody up against me. But anyways, <laughs> so to answer that question, then I'll, I'll let you answer it too. Growing up, like my parents... And I think it's fitting, too, because one thing I wanted to reference, too, is today was the last day of Psychedelic Sunday with Andy Frost, which was a radio show that I grew up listening to. Um, And for those of you guys who don't know, uh, Andy Frost used to be the in-arena announcer for the Maple Leafs when Carter and I were kids. And I'm sure most of you guys have heard him uh, growing up as well. But what I thought was really interesting is today's the last episode of Psychedelic Sunday, and um, I listened to it pretty well all day before I came to pick you up. But I was basically like raised on that music and him introing all the songs, so it's kind of bittersweet that that radio show's going away. Um, but I'm excited for Andy. I've got to meet Andy a few times, and he's got some other cool stuff lined up. So uh, I hope it all uh, hope it all works out for our friend Andy Frost. But like anything, I feel like the music you get into as you're older usually stems from when you were a kid. What did oh. your parents listen to when you were growing up? Um, my mom was very much on the pulse, like, or she still is. Like, yeah. So it's, um, I never really listened to much, like, with my mom, per se. My dad was, like, big in a Blue Oyster Cult and, <laughs> like, the those, like, Southern rock bands, like, uh, Marshall Tucker, Pure Perry League, um... 
obviously the Allman Brothers, yeah. shit like that. So that's sweet. When you grow up on that, like that kind of like cool seventies, like Southern rock, um, you start listening to different things. And obviously like, as I got older, that it, like evolved into like getting the Led Zeppelins and yeah. Black Sabbath. And as soon as I heard Black Sabbath, that was like, that was it. And then it's a game changer, man. And so, yeah, that, that's what got me into like the, the heavier music and then like Metallica Slayer and then, what yeah, to what, where you're at now. And now it's full circle again. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'll, like, I'll, I, like, exclusively listen to Sabbath and Cult. <laughs> That's, <laughs> <about it. laughs> That's sweet. Yeah, I feel very similar. Like, my mom uh, and my stepdad, because my parents split up when I was really young, and my my dad got me into some really, like, cool... I think my dad was very much into, like, 80s New Wave when I was a oh, kid. Nice. Like, that's what I remember. <laughs> so, like, a lot of, like, Depeche Mode, New Order... Um, Bauhaus. <laughs> no, not not that. I did get into them as I got older, but uh, I remember my dad always listening to, like, New Order, Pet Shop Boys. Oh, no way. That kind of stuff. And then, you know, he likes, he likes a lot of, like, classic rock and stuff, too, but that's where that side of what I listen to comes from, for yeah. sure. And I'm so excited. Um, on June 11th, I'm going to see Depeche Mode with my mom and my brother. So where are they be, playing? They're playing in Toronto. At... I have no idea. Okay. My mom got me the tickets for my birthday, so pretty excited to see Depeche Mode. But from her side of things comes a lot of, you know, classic rock, which is predominantly what I listen to now. And then, you know, you go through a phase when you're younger. I was lucky. I went through several of them growing up where I was getting into different music and stuff. And uh, did I ever tell you the story about... Uh, why I stopped listening to rap music. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so this is kind of a funny one I've shared with some friends, and some friends have been like, oh, you should talk about it on the podcast because it's such a stupid story. But basically, when I was growing up, um, as I said, my parents, you know, were exclusively listening to, like, Q107 and stuff like that. So that's where, you know, a, a lot of that comes from. But like any good teenager rebelling against their parents, I was like, oh, fuck all this hippie shit. I don't want to listen to Zeppelin and stuff like that. You know, I remember, uh, you know, and, and even now, like, I'm not a huge Pink Floyd fan, which yeah. I know is, like, kind of sacrilegious, but uh, I remember, like, denouncing them and being, like, I'm my own person. Like, I can listen to my own music. So um, we would have been in grade 7 or 8 when uh, 50 Cent Get Rich or Die Trying came out great album yeah even as an adult i still like it oh there's no bad track on it no <laughs> there's not and there used to be um i don't know if it's enforced as much now but um when you were growing up we would go to the georgian mall and buy cds from music world which was yeah. upstairs and the reason that i always went to music world was because they never asked to see your id when you were buying cds that had explicit that had explicit content on it so i remember this distinctly um, there was a guy who used to work at the music world upstairs. His name was Scott, and he was like kind of like a goth. And anytime I ever went to buy CDs and he was working, he never asked to see my ID. So I was buying all kinds of weird stuff then. Uh, you know, you're <laughs> trying to find out what you like. Your Limp so Biscuits here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Limp Biscuit. I, I remember I bought um, uh, White Zombie, Astro Creep Ooh, 2000 nice. with. Uh, with uh, um, chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water Limp Biscuit at the same time and I remember him being like this album is sick this one is not good <laughs> about the Limp Biscuit album but but I remember like when, when that album came out like obviously Into Club was like such a huge song and you'd see it on uh, much music and stuff like that so I went and I bought the album and I was thinking like oh man this is going to be great I'm going to, like, have some new music to listen to. Well, I was the kid in elementary school who had their headphones in anytime they could. Like, mm -hmm. literally anytime they could. Carrying your Discman around. Yeah, carrying my Discman around, exactly. And my grade 7 teacher, uh, Mr. Frustuck, nicest guy in the world. Um, I didn't like him so much when this happened. <laughs> but he was always very much... He's very, like, conservative or traditional in the way that he would always, like talk about the music that he liked um so much so that at his um you know like you do like a christmas concert and stuff at school oh yeah he was the teacher who was always known for basically splitting up the team like not the team but the groups 
or the students rather into groups and saying like you five you guys are going to do your best rendition of a kiss song and basically (laughs) at the assembly the students would dress up as kiss and lip sync a song oh nice and every year it was like the biggest thing and the year that they did kiss the like the catholic school didn't like that so much Knights in Satan's service. Yeah, <laughs> and I was thinking, like, oh, man, this is going to be sick. When I go through this, I'm going to be, like, a part of this thing that, like, my older brother went through. And, like, you yeah. know, I was thinking, like, oh, what is he going to assign to me? And uh, the year that we did it, I got signed uh, assigned to be in the Brady Bunch. Oh. It was awful. And we had to perform a song. I think it's called, like, Sunshine Day or, yeah. like, sun, you know the one? Think I'll go for a walk outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But basically, we had to, like, lip sync it. And around this time, I was probably a little bummed that I was playing Peter in the Brady Bunch in the school's assembly. But I was also, like, ignoring, like, going t- to practice it and stuff after school. Because that's how serious he took this shit. Yeah. Um, so I remember one time I... I guess went to go down to the gym to practice it and I left my Walkman on playing the music so he was back in the classroom like marking tests or whatever and he um, I guess could hear like the buzzing of like music playing oh that's gonna drain your battery on your Walkman oh I know but so he went over to my desk listened to the music and was like so incredibly like bummed out and angry about it that he listened to the whole album through. Like I guess he started the album fresh and started the whole thing over again. So after he took the time listening to the album, he did what any teacher would do and called my parents Oh no! to tell them <laughs> this is the kind of music that your child is listening to. God damn it. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. So anyways, what ended up happening was my stepdad printed out the lyrics to the album (laughs) and then was reading out some of the words. When you got home? When I got home from like the lyrics of said Get Rich or Die Trying album. Like at the door? Pretty much. And that was it. All of my CDs were taken away and I never saw them again. Oh my God. Yeah. Chris... Do you recall the lyrics, you can find me in the club? (laughs) (laughs) Bottle full of bub. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but anyways, so that was really fucked up, right? And because of that, my mom, when I was at my mom's house, when I was at my dad's house, I was always like on watch for listening to rap music. Oh my goodness. And that's part of the reason I started getting into other stuff, like a little bit more. So like got really into like classic rock I guess you could say because anytime I listened to it I always felt like I was in my parents good graces yeah and then that turned into like other styles of music and obviously I started listening to more like metal influenced stuff which turned me into more punk stuff which turned me on to hardcore and and so on and so forth but now as an adult I feel like I listen to everything and I probably listen to rap the least um I don't know. There's some good stuff out there. I don't like a lot of the newer stuff, but some of the older stuff I still really like. And anyways, that's, that's the story. (laughs) And then I wonder like, what if they never found the record? Could I have like an illustrious hip hop career instead of spending all that time playing in like punk and metal and hardcore bands growing up? Having not so illustrious or lucrative career. (laughs) Yeah. Having made no money doing that music. (laughs) Exactly. But anyways, it's not about the money, man. No. It's not. But anyways, uh, the Motley Crue story, which I said I would tell, is somebody also asked, what was the first concert you ever went to? So I'll, I'll let you answer that question first if you want. First concert? Yeah. Uh, concert number one, then concert number two for me. Sure, let's hear it, bud. Weird Al Yankovic. Hmm. Saw Weird Al in Cincinnati, Ohio for my first concert. Oh my, okay, so tell me what that was all about. He changed his costume every song. (laughs) Wow. It was insane. As one does. Um, And then my second concert, the next year, in Cincinnati, Ohio, was Weird Al Yankovic again. Why Cincinnati? He was playing at the Wonderland there. And so if you bought, like, a ticket... No, not the Wonderland. Isn't that uh, 
what's it's it's um it was a Paramount Park yeah 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 whatever the hell it, like because Wonderland used to be owned by Paramount and there was like a series of Paramount Parks right they're yeah. they're all owned by like that big like amusement park company yeah well it did always be Paramount now it's something different yeah because they couldn't hold Paramount right yeah that's why Top Gun is now called Flight Deck yeah absolutely not and Cliffhanger is something weird. Yeah, that actually is really weird that they had to rename all the coasters. Yeah, and then they had to take out, like, Hanna-Barbera Land completely, and... Yeah. But, um, but yeah, if you, like, bought a ticket to this Weird Al concert, um, you got free admission to the park and shit like that, so my parents love traveling. We're like the Griswolds. They love traveling to theme parks with everybody. That's hilarious. And so we, uh, we saw Weird Al's Poodle Hat tour twice. Love it. <laughs> That's hilarious. My first concert... Oh, Banshee's making an appearance. Um, my first concert was, like, first, not show. Like, yeah. I consider concert to be, like, an elaborate kind of thing where, like, I went to lots of shows and stuff growing up. But in grade nine, my first concert was Motley Crue. Oh, nice. And they're, like, I can't remember what the name of the tour was, but it was all basically, like, like carnival... Like, if you were to go to a carnival in hell, this is what the <laughs> carnival... Like, this is what the show looked like. And they were, like, touring on some new songs. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> which is weird. But that was... I mean, that was a long time ago. That was, like, 2004, 2005, I guess it would have been. Yeah. And uh, anyways, they were awesome. And I loved it. And I had such a good time. And I went with my, like... My dad has... Basically, he he was not married to this woman, but they were together for like quite a long time before he married my current stepmom. And it was the coolest thing that she ever did because her and I always like butt heads on everything since the time I was like a little kid. And I was like, oh, you're going to take me to a Motley Crue concert. That's cool. And the people behind us were ripping joints the whole night. Whoa. And then, Contact high. Right. So when Julie went to go use the washroom and I was in grade nine, they were like, you want to drag? And I was like... Yeah, Hell yeah, I wanted to. So yeah, I like. <laughs> and then the rest of the show is like amazing. You went to the carnival from hell on a hooli. On a hooli, <laughs> yeah, basically. And I don't know, there could have been PCP or something in that. I'd have no way of yeah. knowing. Was it in Barrie? No, it was in Toronto. Oh, it was okay. like the ACC. Oh, it might have been a little safer then. Yeah, it could have been. If it was in Barrie, it could have been. Like it would have definitely just been PCP. Battery acid mixed with. <laughs> But anyways, it uh, it was a great time, and that's my story about seeing Molly Crew. <laughs> no, Weird Al wasn't that eventful for me. Yeah, you didn't smoke any joints. No, I didn't no. smoke any crack watching Weird Al. <laughs> there you go. But uh, anyways, enough enough of the just randomness uh, of our of our little podcast here. Um, let's get into some hardcore hockey talk. What? One of those days I'm going to put like a stupid, like boom, like a sound clip in, like an explosion noise. As soon as Casper Mattress has sponsored us. Yeah, as soon as we get sponsored, we can afford to do other shit like that one day. (laughs) But, um, so I went to see the Toronto Marlies last weekend with our, uh, our friend Thomas. Yeah. And that was an experience. Why an experience? I tweeted this yesterday, but... The Toronto Marlies, I think, are the only hockey team who have never disappointed me in my entire time being a hockey fan. Yeah. They've never once let me down. No. Never. Well, they're, like, such a strong organization, right? Like, it's... Yeah. And, and they have... I guess that's what, why it helps having, like, a powerhouse like the Leafs as your parent team. Oh, yeah. But they have so much money to do what they want So with, much right? money. Yeah. And, like... I have seen the Marlies quite a bunch in the last few years. It's, like, so much more affordable to go to Marlies games than it is Leaf games. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so Thomas and I went, um, and, with, and Robin came, so it was the three of us, and we had a hell of a time. Really? Yeah, man. I had honestly had a great time. Uh, we went and saw them play against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, the last time I had saw the Marlies play, they played the Phantoms as well and beat oh, them in nice. overtime, and they beat them in overtime this time as well. So we had a really, really, really good time. When I was at the Marlies game, you were getting drunk with your father-in-law? Yeah. Let's hear about that. Didn't mean to get drunk. It just kinda... <laughs> no one ever means to get drunk. No, it just kind of <laughs> happened. It was 
started with, like, a Caesar, and then it just evolved into, like, warm rum and Diet Cokes. Ew, <laughs> why warm? Well, because, like, I'm like, I can't even stand up on my own two feet, and they're like, we need more drinks, and I was like, let's have an old... Just give me one. Yeah. I and, love it. It's a war- warm Diet Coke and warm rum is what I had on hand, so... That's awesome. For some reason, I didn't think to put ice in it. It was probably free, too. What? The alcohol that you were drinking. Well, yeah, it was a bottle that Christy and I have had for, like, I think her, her dad got it for her um, probably, like, three, four years ago. Amazing. And whenever we run out of drinks at the house, like, that's what Christy will pour somebody is a rum and coke. So yeah. there's just been, like, an ounce at a time yeah. coming out. and. We finally put a good dent in it the other night, and I just, like, blacked out. <laughs> when we got beer at the Marley's game, it was three large beers for $45. Yeah, I don't even want to think. Which was ridiculous. Yeah. But that's really all you need. Like, one large beer, and you're pretty pretty good for most of the well, game. Well, yeah, that's two bottles at least, right? Yeah. Yeah, so no, it's, it's I was insane. I was feeling pretty good. In the second <laughs> period, like, the, you know when the buzz just fucking hits you like a... <laughs> Um, like a freight train? Yeah, like a freight train. That's how I was feeling. Like a big Scott Stevens? Yeah, pretty much. The middle of the ice. I was feeling like Paul Korea after. <laughs> That's a bad joke. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was awesome. Game was good. But because we didn't get to see you that night, I had to go to the Cheesecake Factory for dinner. Oh, no. Have you ever been to the Cheesecake Factory? Not in a while. Not since it got popular. Here is maybe the hottest take I think the Cheesecake Factory sucks. <laughs> Cheesecake Factory, don't go. <laughs> Cheesecake Factory sucks, my column. I I don't know what it was. I think in my head, I had it built up that it was going to be like the best thing I've ever had in my well, life. People travel from like far and wide to go to it. Yeah, and people wait. Like we waited like an hour to get a table and yeah. we just walked around Yorkdale. And here's my review of the meal. We finally got seated. Um, I have a really big problem with servers who, like, try and be really funny when oh, they're yeah. getting their, your order. Like Office Space. Is that a bit from Office Space? No, just you remember the, the guy, like, somebody's got a case of the Monday. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what it was like. Like, basically... Um, our server finally came by and was like, hey, uh, can I get you guys some water? And I was like, yeah, sure, that'd be great. Uh, two glasses. And he goes, oh, the glasses of water are $20 each. <laughs> and I was like, that's not true. I will go to the washroom and fill up my cup of water if that is the case. <laughs> but, like, it wasn't fu- like it wasn't funny. And it was really awkward the whole night. He let, like kept trying to like do these like fucking zingers at us and stuff, oh, and I was no. just not having it. And then he never came back to fill up our drinks, which drove me a little ballistic to begin with. Well. Never came to take an order for an appetizer, but the bread was good, so you just kind of deal. <laughs> and then when the food got there, the food itself was, I would say, okay. I had by far the weirdest meal I've ever had in my life. Let's hear it. It was a chicken parm, but done like a pizza. So on the menu, it says chicken parm pizza style. And I'm thinking like, oh, it will be like more like a pizza sauce than maybe like a, like a, like a rosé or like a traditional tomato sauce. Yeah. But it's literally, think of a plate, a circular plate. Yeah. And think of it with a pizza on that plate. Yeah. That's what the chicken parm looked like. Okay. So it was a basically an entire plate of chicken parm, but it was like really thin. Yeah. And it was, I was so put off, and this is just me being in my head. <laughs> I was so put off by how they made it. Yeah, how they made chicken that round and flat. Right, and then <laughs> and then and Rob was just like, "Oh well, you know, they probably used like a tenderizer and they like spread it out." And I was like, "No, <laughs> no, that can't be it." And I, in my head, I'm thinking like, "How the fuck did they make this shit?" Yeah. And the only redeeming part, the cheesecake was, yeah, like, that's what I was there for, obviously. <laughs> it was the best dessert I've ever had in my life. And that was, like, the thing that kind of redeemed the meal at the end. Yeah, that's why it's only getting the okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I just feel like everybody's like, oh, it's the best thing in the world. Oh, you've never been? Oh, you've, you know. And I'm just thinking, like, 
my bar for like food is pretty low. Like my favorite restaurant is Eastside Mario's. Mm-hmm. That is well documented. Yeah. And maybe I was expecting that kind of chicken parm instead of the chicken parm pizza that I got. Chicken parm pizza. So we finally got home and we got home at like, I don't know, 11 o'clock or whatever after we eaten our meal and, you know, we went to the hockey game and all that shit. And once we got home, I had to Google it. How do they make it? Because I was so horrified. <laughs> that you put this in your body. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. And like with it, I'll spare the listeners the details, but it did not settle in, in your boy's stomach very well. And he was rushing for the toilet when he got home. Oh, no. <laughs> so, anyways. Cheesecake, good. Pizza parm, bad. Service, bad. Service, bad. You know, I get so defensive when, uh, when servers try and roast you. Like, like what? Like, give me an example. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like, if, say I, like, am a bit slower eating my meal and like Chrissy's finished her meal or something like that which like happens once in a blue moon yeah of course like oh you couldn't keep up huh? or so, like <laughs> I'm like you can't keep up you fucking idiot. Like, like, yes. <laughs> oh my masculinity is draining out of my body because I'm not eating as quickly <laughs> just when they try and roast you for like whenever they try and like like joke and like dig at you like serve yeah. to try and be like that kind of buddy oh buddy I hate you. it oh I'm like the, my who least, the fuck do you think you are <laughs> my least favorite and I see it and witness it and am a part of it few times is I think it's cool when you go out and get food and you don't eat all of it at once yeah. and then you take your leftovers and you maybe bring it to work the next day for lunch. Yeah. Great style. Especially yeah. at a place like Eastside Mario's where you're loading up on free salad, you're loading up on bread, all that. You don't have to eat it all at once. You can eat it later. Yeah. And so of course we were getting like a to-go container and he goes, oh, you guys didn't hear? Whatever you don't eat, the servers get to eat. And I was like, you motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) And then by the end of the meal, I almost popped a blood vessel because I like it, it. It's not that it's like super expensive. Like I'd say it's about the same price as a lot of those types of restaurants, but in my head, it was cracked up to be, like, the greatest meal I've ever had. Yeah. And, like, time and time and time again, I was just, like, irritated by how it went. <laughs> and, anyways, I was sharing that hot take with people um, at work this week. And they're like, no, no, I see where you're coming from. You just need to give it another chance. And I'm like, all right. No, I'm not going to go fight rush hour traffic, wait an hour and a half in line. Yeah. And have a mediocre meal again. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then have <laughs> the guy scoff at me when I don't order, like, a beer and I get a water or something instead. Like, give me a fucking run. <laughs> but anyways, um, another another uh, hot take that I haven't shared with anybody, but I was watching it on TV today. And I wanted to share this with you uh, before we... Uh, get into some other stuff here is I have been watching Eastbound and Down over again recently. Yeah. Greatest show. Yeah. Do you, do you agree? Absolutely. Probably my, it's in my top three for sure. I don't know if it's my number one. Yeah. Of like comedic shows. Number one. Um, it's ruthless. Dexter and like Nip Tuck are probably my favorite shows of all time. (laughs) You think I'm joking about Nip Tuck. That show is honestly one of the better shows that have ever aired on television. (laughs) Fucking awesome show. But, um, and I'm seeing all this shit on Twitter, like, about when a show gets canceled and, like, all the people on Twitter, like, rallying to try and get the show to get picked up by, like, another station or something. Did you see this? Yeah. Have you ever felt like one of those shows was just simply not good enough to warrant all of the people being like, oh, it needs to come back. It needs to come back. It needs to, you know, we need one more season and we need it on like a Netflix or an Amazon so that people can like, like, did, did you see this shit going on with like Brooklyn nine, nine yeah, yeah. in the last couple of weeks? Yeah. I gotta be real with you. Yeah. Brooklyn nine, nine is not a good television show. No, I, I, I've tried to watch it. Can't, can't watch it. I, I don't like Andy Samberg. I like, I'm not a, I know. I feel like I'm going to make some enemies for saying that. Yeah. I have never, like, enjoyed that show. No. And I feel like there's a lot of show like shows, when I come home, I'll just put it on TV, and it'll just be on. Yeah. And I, it's brainless, right? Like, nothing's going on. I'm, like, making dinner or whatever. And that show's been on. And even as background noise, I, I will put something it. else on. Yeah, absolutely. I can't do it. See, Last Man on Earth, 
Far better than Brooklyn Nine-Nine. See, I haven't watched that show. Well, that's not true. I watched, like, the first few episodes when it first came out, and it didn't have the same effect on me. Yeah. But I would watch it again to See, give it a second I, We go. just recently got into it, and it's funny. Yeah? I give it the same, like, resistance. Yeah. And it's funny. Danny said that. Yeah, Chrissy loves it, too, so that's how you know it's watchable. And I get, like, some shows in their first season, like, aren't good. Yeah. Like, The Office wasn't good in season one, probably one of my top three shows. Yeah. Parks and Rec, same idea. Season one was fucking terrible, but everything else was good. The only one that had a good season. Right, and that show kind of ended on its own terms, so I don't want to compare the two, but because I'm watching it right now, I feel like it's kind of relevant. You want it to go forever. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just it's just great. It's so funny. I it's pretty problematic, obviously. Like there's a lot of shit on there that like I'm like, oh the see I still like find myself laughing to myself, like at my desk at work when they're like talking about like oh this is my my daughter Rose like named her after Kate Winslet in Titanic he's like are you fucking kidding me what'd you name this one Shrek like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Blonde kid. It, it, it's at the end of season one right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I just started season three or season four I can't remember he's he's back in the US now oh, okay. I think it's season three and um, fuck it's so funny it's, it's so fucking show. funny and I, again, I don't want to shit on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I actually like Andy Samberg. I think he's he's funny. I just feel like they try way too hard yeah. on that show. I don't know. Sorry, I just had to get that off my chest. If you want to <laughs> argue with me about it, that's fine. Moving on. Um, the Golden Knights versus the Capitals are the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. That sentence didn't make sense, but you know what I meant. Yeah. They are in the Stanley Cup Finals. How do you feel? Um, well, first about this playoff, like, run in general, um, our buddy Corey tweeted it very eloquently. I'm yeah. sure somebody's dog got the, the bracket right. Oh, yeah. That was really funny, Corey, if you're listening to <laughs> us, because who could have ever guessed this? Yeah. Like, it's, like, the only reason I, like got any successes in my bracket is because I was stubborn and picked Vegas to go all the way. Well, and we joked about it. The entire time that this show, like this show, this podcast, whatever, has been going, it was like the Golden Knights were always the brunt of like some joke that I made. And then you were like, they're going to go all the way. And I will, I promise by the end of the Stanley Cup finals, I will isolate all of the times that I've said stupid shit. <laughs> Somebody mentioned that to me. They were like, you should really do that. Um, you probably have a whole episode. Oh, we could have that. just outtakes <laughs> of me fucking cursing about the Golden Knights. But, um, yeah, I feel like it's been, it's been so fun to watch. Um, yeah. I've watched probably more of these playoffs than, than previous playoffs. I'm very, uh, I'm very interested in some of the narratives that are going on, especially with Ovechkin and um, you know like I said a few episodes ago like I'm at peace to be honest with with either team winning either way it's going to be a great story and when you cheer for narratives or specific players and things like that I think it makes it fun Um, Ovechkin for me like seeing him celebrating on the uh, the bench when they scored the uh, the open net goal and um, him trying to skate the the conference uh, trophy like when they when they won the uh, the Eastern Conference, I can't remember what the name of that trophy is. In any case, him trying to skate it, and then you can kind of see Brooks or uh, Brooks or Pick being like, "Put it back. We got to take like a team photo." Yeah. Did you see that? Oh yeah. Well, oh fuck! It I was lo- so good. I love the TSN montage. That's like I don't think Ovi is ever gonna put this down. It's like him skating it, him in the hallway, him in the dressing room, yeah. him going on the plane. Like, and I've never seen him do that before. No. Anytime he- I've ever seen that trophy, it's always like. Like, they touch it, or most of the time don't touch it, and it just sits on the thing, right? Oh, he's... That's his trophy. I love it. Like, between him and Kuznetsov, like, they're both so animated. Like, I just... I enjoy it. I think it's amazing. And with the Golden Knights, you know, it's funny because I feel like at this point, every time I bet against them, they've just continued to win and win and win and win. Um, and, and I'm cool with it. I'm at peace with it at this point. I know what size jersey you wear, size medium, <laughs> William Carlson. I already said that I was going to do it if they won. Um, but for me, it's just been like a really fun hockey story. Yeah, well, it's been great. Like, 
having someone like Gretzky say that no one in the NHL deserves a cup like Ovechkin does, like, that's a pretty cool, like, narrative to see him go all the way. And, like, he does, he shows up, like, mm-hmm. in a way that nobody else shows up. And if you watch what he does behind the play, like, he's pumping guys up, he's in the right place. Super he's, vocal, too, on the bench. Yeah. So which I love. I love seeing that. He's definitely steering the team in a right way. And you can tell how much he's matured over the years just by, like, those actions, right? So mm-hmm. I feel like he's going to play an enormous role in keeping the Caps alive. Um, and maybe even bringing them to the end to win it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, my only, like, strong hesitation is that Vegas is, like, a true shutdown team. Yeah. Like... Well, you saw them shut down Tampa Bay, like, in Game 6 uh, yeah. and in uh, Game 7 as well. They couldn't get out of, the, out of their own zone. Anytime they got to the neutral zone, they shut them down. Like... Yeah. It's impressive. But you wonder, like, because... The Golden Knights are so, like, high-flying and, you know, they're scattered all over the yeah. place, which is cool. Um, I wonder if, if, you know, Washington will be able to contain them. And you look at Washington's blue line, too, and it's like, I don't know. It's it, it's not that it's thin. Like, John Carlson, arguably number one defender. Niskanen's played really well. Yeah. Um, but you've also got, like, some, some kind of, like, younger guys throughout the team. Chandler Stevenson. Um, you got Juice, Madison Bowie. Like, you've got some some interesting players there as well. So it's like, you know, I know people kind of shit on the Capitals for maybe not having a lot of depth in their in their prospect pool, but yeah. there's a lot of exciting stuff there as well. So with the the finals starting tomorrow, yeah. do you do you keep your pick? Like, do you does, does Washington lose and, and your Vegas Golden Knights, do they, I, do they win? What's the I, story? I think I'm going to keep the pick. Like... If you think of Washington, they've played three seven-game rounds. Yeah. Like, they've played too much hockey. Like, they've played more hockey than they should have played. And so they're tired. Yeah. But they have good momentum of kicking teams out of the way. Like, beat them, beat them, beat them, I'm here now, right? Yeah. And for the first time, like, that with, o- like, always first time and all, a lot of these guys' first time, this is going to be, like, a crazy spot for them. Um, so... I think they're going to be tired. Um, and like I said about Vegas being a shutdown team, they just swarm, swarm everyone. Like it's, yeah. And I know I've said this before, whether it's on this podcast or not, but they play every shift like they're on the power play. Mm-hmm. Like it's, and like... I mean, I, I don't feel like it, it, I feel like it maybe hasn't been that way all season, but I definitely know what you're talking oh, about. Oh, it's been that way this playoff. Mm-hmm. So oh, like, for sure it has. Yeah, I agree with Every that. time you see the puck if you see one opposing teammate you see two sometimes even three Vegas players on that puck for support right like whether they get it there's an outlet or if they get stripped or they strip somebody that puck's going to Vegas skater and they're like a total shutdown team absolutely and so it'll be um, it'll be interesting to see like cause like you saw game one in Winnipeg like they tried to play that physical game and mm-hmm. they got shut down, right? Mm-hmm. And then they were like, okay, shit, we just need to course correct and play the hockey that we know. Right. And then look what happened in Winnipeg, right? Yeah, exactly. I feel like when Ovi wins, because I am <laughs> choosing... There's your pick. There's my pick. <laughs> um, I'm really looking forward to all the people backpedaling on all the narratives that they built over the last few years about how... Ovi doesn't try hard and he's a Russian yeah, and like no, all this bullshit. Like I'm so happy that in, you know, two weeks time, it's all going to get put to bed. Thank well, there's God. never been like a more passionate hockey player. I don't think. No. And that's the thing, right? Like, you know, d- does, does he, you know, have challenges back checking sometimes? Yeah. yeah. Does he still score consistently 35 plus goals every year? Yeah. yeah. So shut <laughs> the fuck up. Like, th- you know, I love two-way players. Yeah. The team that we coach, we coach to developing two-way hockey players. That is important. Yeah. But when you're out, like Alexander Ovechkin, like you can do that stuff and you shouldn't have to get grief. Yeah. And I wanted to bring it up as well. I thought it was really interesting that um, some media types um, in Toronto, I'm not even going to say his name because I don't want to give this guy any more clicks, but there's a lot of conversation around Steven Stamkos and mm-hmm. how he didn't show up and maybe he's the one who should feel um, 
or maybe not feel, but he's the one that people have kind of set their targets at, um, or set their sights on rather. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's honestly fucked up. Yeah. He didn't play a great, a great game seven. Yeah. Historically, he's had some challenges in game seven. I don't know the specifics or, or the stats of, um, you know, what that's looked like. And, and yeah. there's times, this isn't the first game seven that he hasn't put up a single point or been that uh, offensive threat that we've come to expect, expect from a guy like him. Um, but the article was basically saying that Toronto dodged a bullet by not signing Steven Stamkos oh, in the off season. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, you can't blame four goals on one skater. Like it's no. And that's like, if you watch that game, like it was one goal in the first, two goals in the second, one goal in the third. Like mm-hmm. it was, I, I think that's how the spread was. Like that's not one player's fault. No. Like that's the Capitals. Like the Capitals are an imposing force, and that's them right. being an opposing force all game and showing right. up to play. Right. Well, it's also like Holtby getting hot at the right time and Vasilevsky yeah. getting cold at the right time. Um, I was saying, you know, from game three on, that the winner of the the uh, the series was going to be the team with the better goaltending. Absolutely. Right. Holtby was playing out of his mind, but like. Can I remind everybody that Holtby didn't even start these playoffs? It was Grubauer. Yeah. So, like, he hasn't been... He's not as know, tired as he should be, yeah. Right, right. And, I mean, luckily, a guy like Grubauer is, has been um, kind of a steady backup for when Holtby has been a little yeah. dicey this, this year. Um, but as far as um, some of the narratives coming out of this, this coming... Uh, playoff series feel like it's going to be goaltending as well um, oh, well and that's the only reason why flurry is like getting most of his successes is because the defense are making it easy like easy for him like it's a lot easier to stop that first shot yeah like when the first shot isn't coming screened or it's not coming from a bad area like the the golden knights defense is making flurry's road easy right like yeah that's where they continue to do that right yeah let's hope so and um it'll be really exciting yeah. I'm going to throw this at you. If Vegas wins, who's the person that gets to uh, to go and grab the cup? Gary Bettman comes out. He goes, it's mine, bitches. <laughs> no, no. He, he, you know, that little thing that he does where he's like, come and grab your cup, Sidney Crosby. Like, he's done the last few. I don't do a very good Bettman impression. But who do you think goes up and, goes up and, and takes the cup to bring it back to the team? Um... It's a toss-up, obviously, between Flurry or Neil. Like, yeah, I I don't know that that's my take on it at least. Yeah, like it'd be, but again, I I lean more to the Neil side than the Flurry side. Yeah, um, and that's just because like, I don't know it's tough to because they're because I can't think of a time a goalie's ever went up to get it. But that's what I mean. Because it's usually the captain. Yeah. And the only goalie that's a captain is Roberto Luongo. Yeah. That one time. That one time. <laughs> Took that away real quick. I feel like it's going to be Derek Englund. You think so? Yeah, well, because he was the one who got it before, like, when they won the conference title. Yeah. Um, and it's weird because... I feel like if James Neal re-signs in the offseason, mm-hmm. it'll be either him or Englund that get the captaincy. Because yeah. I don't see them not having a captain to start next year. No, not at all. Um, it'll be interesting, though. Uh, yeah. Or maybe they get David Clarkson to come out. And <laughs> imagine they just get, you know, all the, like, the salary dumps that they got? Yeah. They got all those players to come out and grab the cup. They're like, each put a hand on it. David Clarkson and Mikhail Grabowski, come get the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, like that. And that's the reason why I threw Flurry in the mix is because they've already, they've already written so many new codes that like yeah, like it's not it's not something that we can write out as a possibility just yet. I'm I'm concerned about what, and I'll probably regret saying this. I'll have to screen not screen grab, but uh, audio grab. I'll it. have to audio grab this for the uh, episode when I'm probably wrong. But I feel like Flurry's set to regress at some point. Yeah, I haven't really seen him do that, but oh fuck, I don't know. Well, this is the first time he's played a full playoff run in. Yeah, well, he doesn't have Matt Murray going yeah. like, "Hey, I'll go in." <laughs> yeah, because like if people, like I saw, 
like a meme. It was like anybody going for the three peat this year, and it was like Flurry putting up his hand. <laughs> yeah, like Flurry didn't win two cups. Yeah, like, well, people forget. Like I mean, he contributed obviously. Yeah, Matt Murray stood on his head the last. You yeah, know, Matt, especially last year, right? I, I I give those two cups to Matt Murray. Like Flurry has one in two thousand nine, but yeah, I give the two cups to Murray over Flurry. Yeah, and no, so, I, if you're comparing the two, yeah, I I, I could see that. What are some other things that's happened the last uh, little while here? Hockey-wise? or well, Do you want to get back into Cheesecake Factory? No. Or, no, <laughs> me neither. Uh, let's get into uh, something that happened a couple of weeks ago. Um, the uh, video game addiction story. Oh, my goodness. Which I, I really was actually looking forward to talking about this for a few reasons. Um, so let's start from the beginning. Uh, Jeff Merrick who is got to be one of my favorite analysts. Like part of the reason that we even do this show is because of Merrick versus Wyshynski, which I think to this day will always be the best hockey podcast. Hosers is coming in. <laughs> so, no. But uh, what I loved about it was he, um, I think he, you know, I think it wasn't considered to be like a huge point on what him and Elliot were talking about on 31 Thoughts. But he said, on video games, and I'm not going to say the player's name, I really doubt he's going to make it to the NHL, and it's because of video game addiction, to the point where his junior general manager told me that they've had him going to counseling over it, because he'll play until all hours of the night and into the morning, and then he'll have no energy the next day. Like, he'll be a write-off, and it is that bad. He has this compulsion for playing video games until all hours. I swore that I wouldn't say the player's name, but it's unfortunate. He's a recent first-round draft pick for a very, very prominent NHL team. He'll probably never play in the NHL because of this video game addiction. Wow. What, what were your, like, thoughts when you first heard about that? Or, like, at first, did you pay any mind to it? Because well, it's this big thing now, but how are you feeling? Like, I didn't pay much mind to it when it first came out because like like the video games Fortnite like yeah. <laughs> let's not beat around the bush right I was like oh well this is just like another internet trend right like it's they'll spend a week or two at it and then it'll be over again but it's still going on and then you're getting like it's not just in the NHL or just in the hockey world like it's the NBA players are like they're missing practices because of Fortnite um David Price um pitcher for the Cubs mm-hmm. he um He's like developing carpal tunnel from playing Fortnite so much, and like his, like his pit, like his pitching stats have just plummeted since yeah. this has come out. So this is like a very real, like weird phenomenon that's consuming people's lives. And like, I think it's like I don't know if they're all hoping that they get to play with Drake. Like Drake, Drake will pop into their yeah, stream maybe. or something. But like, yeah, it's in like it's it's amazing to think that that is taking over like your passion or your dream or that's. Maybe even, like, turning into, like, with the rise of esports and how much money that's going into the esports arenas and everything like that. Yeah. Like, these guys, these esports athletes are making just as much and most of the time more than these... Yeah, in some cases, for sure. These NHL or NBA or NFL athletes. Um, So maybe if that's, like, if that's where his true passions are, then I say pick a lane. Yeah. Like, if you want to play Fortnite and make money at Fortnite or make money at video games or esports, yeah. then stop wasting coaches' time mm-hmm. and effort and energy and money. Like, just go do that as your passion or you're going to have to cut it and do one. Because when you're playing in the professional, like, arena, you can't afford to have two passions like that. Mm-hmm. Like, Well, you can have the passions. I just think you need to temper... Well, that's one like sorry, scale that's one back yeah, a little like, bit, right? You can, ha- you can have a... You can be passionate about a hobby. Right. Like... Fortnite can be like a hobbyist passion so long as it doesn't get in the way of like what he's actually doing right? yeah exactly and I feel like that's what's so interesting about it like when I first listened to it I'll admit like I was thinking okay who's a first round pick that uh, may not be at like a bust level yet but has maybe kind of fallen down a little bit on the depth chart maybe hasn't made the same type of progress that people have expected them to make and you know, a couple of the people I thought of, I was like, oh, well, you know, let's see. Let me do a little homework and see here. And one of the people I thought of was Max Jones, yeah. who is a uh, uh, an Anaheim prospect who I know has a, for- uh, not a Fortnite channel, rather a, a Twitch channel and, and is into gaming and stuff like that. And then, again, complete transparency. I was like, why the fuck do I care about this? And I remember <laughs> sitting there thinking like, 
why are we surprised that these 18 to what 30 year old people are into video games um and like anything you need to have a happy medium or we're always looking for a happy medium but yeah these things can happen sometimes right we're not in an era where we're hearing stories at least not as frequently about players going out and partying or you know going out to the club and getting themselves into trouble any story i've heard in the last year about players on the road is the game finishes they have a shower they do their media they grab a bite to eat and then they go play video games together until they got to get up and train in the morning or whatever yeah like I, I really don't think it's that weird. And people are, like, talking about it, speculating, and, and, and I, I, I will admit, I was also speculating at one point. And then the more I thought about it, I was thinking, like, if it is as bad as Merrick says it's bad, and, and I trust him, like, he's a very credible source in this industry, is maybe this kid, like, legitimately needs help. And, yeah. and it's good to hear that the team, whether that's his junior team, whether that's the NHL team, is helping him get help. There's lots of reasons why people fall into any type of addiction. And you can't treat video game addiction any differently than being addicted to drinking or smoking or doing drugs or any of those other things. And addiction's an addiction. We're at a point now where we're trying to be more cognizant of putting ourselves in other people's shoes around things like mental health and things like that. What's to say that this kid isn't going through something and this is his way of coping. And I'm not saying that that makes it right, but let's start asking some more questions instead of us fucking gossiping about it and making it blow out to be worse and worse and worse and worse. I would hope that the people that are involved directly in the situation are asking questions, making sure that the kid's okay. Yeah. These types of things. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Like it's like obviously entering the NHL is like a completely different world than playing like your your minor hockey, you know. It's what also I mean? a world that unless you're doing it, you have no fucking idea. Yeah. You don't you don't know what it's like. Absolutely. And maybe it's his way of of coping with the pressure of being a first round pick. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, maybe he's played his whole life at home. Right. And this is his first time where he's going to have to leave everything. Right. And go play for this team under that, like, enormous amount of pressure. Right. Like, people need to start asking him, like, why is he hurting, right? Well, like, also people, like, speculating about kids who, you know, again, another another thing I, I don't want to reference, but to make my point, there were rumors earlier this week that it was um, former fifth overall pick Ole Olevi from the Vancouver Canucks. Um, who was referenced in the story, who played for the London Knights, won a Mem Cup, ended up going to play in Finland again, has kind of been off a few people's radars. And then the more I thought about that, I was thinking, okay, so your sources for this are not credible because, what, two hours, three hours later, Merrick was like, I told you I wasn't telling you who it was, mm-hmm. but it's not Ole Levy. Yeah. Right? And then I saw people speculating, saying, like, oh, well, let's say it was Ole Levy, just for example's sake. You have a kid who's been playing in a different country yeah. since he was 15 or 16 years old. And let's say, for example, he was gaming with some buddies back in Finland or if, you know, we're using any European player yeah. back in their home country as a means to keeping in contact with friends and family. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course you'd do it. Again, doesn't mean doing it for 12 hours a day is necessarily the right thing to do. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, these are fucking kids, man. Yeah. We're talking about a player who's probably not even 20 years old yet. Yeah. Well, you, that's if, like, you probably, I didn't even think about that, like, keeping in touch with a place that's 12 hours behind. Like, the, these Fortnite games last, like, maybe a couple hours, few hours sometime. And if the only time you can play with your friends is at 3 in the morning, then right. that's when you're going to do it, right? Right. And again, that was a speculation that was proven wrong, but it yeah. was at least a point where I was like, well, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Again, it doesn't mean that it's right. Yeah. But anyways, the whole thing I found to be really frustrating because, as I said, I hope that they're asking the questions yeah. and they're extending themselves to the player as much as they can. You and I coach teenagers. Yeah. Who's the oldest player on our team? Tommy Shear. Right, and he's 26. Yeah. 
there is no way that the guys, even on our own team, I know for a fact that they play Fortnite or other games like that or video games in general. Yeah. You know, like, at the end of the day, it's an escape. And sometimes people need that escape from things that are going on in their life. Oh, absolutely. Again, moderation is important, but I get it, and I hope that this person is is feeling better, whether that's continuing their career or maybe going back to school or maybe doing neither and figuring out their own life, taking a a hard look at themselves and doing something that makes them happy, right? But um, the whole thing just, again... I think it's a lesser of an evil, though. Like, if we look at... Let's use Kadri as an example. And look at all the trouble that he got into with all of his old London friends who right. were still all coked up and he was still locked, like, in that partying scene. Like, Lamarillo had to basically dig him out of ditches, right? Right. And so that's... And then if you look at Kadri now, he's, like, an invaluable asset to the Leafs. Right. And you just hope that people figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But with, with help, like, Lamarillo did a lot of work. And it's not like you're saying, oh, like like you're comparing cocaine to video games but like I would I feel like I'd rather be faced with a video game addiction right. than a cocaine addiction right. right and again it's it's you know so if that's what these kids are doing right. and they're not like putting substances into their bodies that's that are gonna hurt their play down the road or anything like that I would rather them play video games mm-hmm. than out like rather than play video games as a team rather than right. being out partying yeah like, no that's a good way of looking could get at it. killed hurt whatever yeah right? hurt other people yeah yeah and that's that's part of the thing that i find so interesting about all of this is that yeah there's been other players in the past who have had issues off of the ice um and again like like anybody you just hope that they figure it out right they yeah. grow up they in some cases pay for what they've done um and you know it's I don't know. I don't like always getting into these things because I feel like I get really passionate about them. But I, 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 as I said, I just hope that that person gets the help that they need um, and that we can all we can all learn from it and, and grow and, and get better. Right. Yeah. Somebody who has been a pretty interesting figure in the NHL the last couple of years for good and bad reasons is Evander Kane. He signed a, a pretty lucrative deal with the San Jose Sharks. Um, I guess it was last week. Uh, seven years by seven million, so forty-nine million dollar contract. What did you think about the signing? Crazy. I think it's crazy too. Yeah. I. Um, well, it's it's just it's strange that like not strange like obviously like the kid can play hockey. Yeah. Like there's no fighting that, but given all of the other variables. And especially, like, how recent and, like, relevant they still are. I am surprised that an NHL team took that big of a risk Mm -hmm. for that long of a time. I was thinking the same thing. Like, I would would sign him to two, three years max to see how he fits within the organization with an option of extending. Right. um, Like, give it, or provided that he behaves or something. Yeah, and it sucks that you have to say it like that, but his history is well documented again not not something that we really and it repeats right (laughs) yeah well and then this is exactly it right it's weird that we go from one topic to the other in this case but um i think it's rich i think 49 million dollars is a lot and you had a guy that was performing really well in the the end of the season and and in the postseason and was as i said playing very well i thought yeah um but you're looking at a pretty small sample size you're looking at a guy who's playing for a contract um, his his shooting present percentage was was quite high as well. You know that that's going to regress a little bit. I just I I don't know. I feel like it's going to be one of those contracts that we look back on, you know, two or three years from now and go, yikes. Well, San Jose's going to be looking for a buyout. Like it's well, I don't know. Maybe they look at that. I mean, we've got a uh, maybe a, some extra buyout windows opening up when this CBA <laughs> uh, ends at some point. Um, but yeah, it does. It did feel a little rich. I was thinking that uh, depending on how they use him, like obviously he'll see a lot of time on the power play. Yeah, he'll be playing in the top six. Um, you know, it'll be interesting. And maybe we're wrong. Yeah. You know, kind of devil's advocate. Maybe this is the team that he uh, that he can you know finish the rest of his career with, right? Yeah, it would be like there's definitely like a family there that could help him out, like. Say Thornton makes a home in San Jose. Yeah, like 
Well, I don't think Thornton's going anywhere. And and then you have Burnsy there as well, like Burnsy Pavelski. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just Classic, saying, all yeah. these guys played such a respectable playoff round. Like mm-hmm. you, like you can tell what kind of character lives in San Jose. Yeah. So hopefully they can help him out, and um, maybe uh, Evander Kane invests all his money into like tech startups in the <laughs> in that Valley in, Silicon And then he's there. just like, you know what? I'm out. I've created a app. And this is the end of my hockey playing career. He just steals Grimes from Elon from Musk, <laughs> maybe. But no, it's and I guess that's like it's a lot better for him being in Northern California than Southern California. He's like away from all the bullshit. Yeah, um, it's a little bit more of a mellow spot than down south. So yeah, and he's I don't know. I it's a lot different of a town than Buffalo. I can see how Buffalo can turn some people crazy. Yeah. Um, so maybe he does mellow out, but I hope he behaves because that's. That's, like, a big risk for San Jose to take on someone like that. Right. And, you know, to your point, they've got some... And, I mean, we don't know the full story, obviously, but, you know, they've got some very, very, very high-end talent there. Yeah. Um, And, you know, their window is now. Yeah. Joe Thornton's not getting younger. Pavelski's not getting, like, younger. His contract's going to be up shortly. Yeah. You've got Bernsey. You've got uh, Vlasic. You've got uh, Couture who needs to sign a new deal. Yeah. Um, like th- there's a lot of moving pieces there, but if he can, you know, um, they're the if he might, he maybe the piece they want to build around. Maybe. And so maybe that's why they took that big of a risk. But yeah, could be. Strange. I mean, he's still young enough that that could be the case. That could be the case, but we'll we'll have to see what ends up happening. But um, as we round out the last little bit of the podcast here, I can't think of anything else that's really happened. No, just Lamarillo leaving. Lam- yeah, I guess that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. What did you think about uh, Lamarillo going to the island with his son? Uh, everyone in the Leafs can have beards now. Yeah. That's the. That is such a win, isn't it? I guess so. You know that you never see it. So. Oh my God. Well, apparently Dubis, there's talk that he may keep stuff very similar. Yeah. Um, I'm more interested to see what the Lamarillo signing does to the Islanders and how that impacts John Tavares. I think John Tavares is going to have a good time under Lamarillo. Like you're assuming that he stays, hoping that he stays. Yeah, I feel like he's going to stay. Yeah. Um, like every time there's like rumors of him moving, it always gets shut down. Yeah. And so I'm hoping he stays and I'm ho- like Lamarillo is the type like you you don't see anybody like in that position investing in their players as much as he does. Yeah. Like... Yeah, it's true. How he, like, helped Matthews, how he helped Kadri, um, just how he's helped that whole organization over the years. I think, like, Tavares, like, a player, like, of that caliber who's, like, having some, like, issues about where he wants his home to be, mm-hmm. I think having someone with the mentality like Lamarillo coming in that could help him out a lot and that could help out the organization, right? Like, that could be kind of the uh, the medication that that organization needs. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I think it'll be a good thing and I think if hoping that Tavares stays, this could be, like, a spark that they need, right? Yeah, absolutely. I wonder what they're going to do on the wings, like, if they're able to build around him at all. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm really interesting to see, or interested, rather, to see what they do with a guy like Josh Hosang. Yeah. Um, if you think about some of the on on ice and off ice issues that a guy like Kadri had and a guy like Lamarillo kind of coming in and, and, and really being a great mentor and helping him with a lot of that stuff, I hope that it has a similar effect on a guy like Hosang. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Josh Hosang can get into the lineup next year. Like a talent like him, like you've got to let him go at one of these points, right? Yeah. So it'd be really exciting to see what happens there. Um, and I'm also really interested to see what ends up happening with Garth Snow. Yeah. So it's interesting that they made all of these changes with Lamarillo coming in, but Garth Snow is still the GM. Yeah. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see if like any player personnel stuff changes at all uh, or anything like that. Um, but as I said, we're just going to have to kind of play it by ear and see where everything lands, right? Yeah. Now, how are you feeling about the likelihood that a guy like Tavares goes to one of these teams, if he leaves, that have like just a tremendous amount of cap space? Like, could you see him going to a place like the Maple Leafs, let's say, or like going to a team like San Jose, who still, by the way, has a ton of cap space, yeah. or a team like 
the Vegas Golden Knights, perhaps. What do you think? Like, what would you say your your over under would be on, on him leaving the island and going to a team like that that is maybe a little bit more set set up for success than um, you know the Islanders? Um, I don't know. I I think he's the like he's a quieter player, right? Like, if you saw what happened with Duchesne in Ottawa, like there's so much more media on Ottawa than there is on Colorado and you saw what he had to deal with and you saw that he just didn't perform because he was under that like microscope 24-7 right? Yeah. And I think like the media and like the transparency of that like media outlet is one of the huge contributing factors to him not performing Mm -hmm. and if you look at a team like the Islanders and a player like Tavares, he's never really had to operate under the microscope too much. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say he's like an like an unknown person. No, walking no, around Long but Island, like, but yeah, you, you never like. So if you think of Tavares versus McDavid, there's one person that you hear a lot more about in the media than the other. Well, right? it's also him going to a Canadian market, like what that, how that would be. So I feel like his life probably stays pretty similar if he ends up going to a place like San Jose, for example. Yeah. But if he goes to a place like Toronto, yeah, totally different. If he goes to Toronto, if he goes to Vancouver, if he goes to, um, Montreal, Montreal, hey, Las they Vegas. need some centermen. <laughs> yeah. Like if he goes to one of these big media markets, I don't like, I don't know. I don't think he's going to like, like the attention that he's going to get and yeah, like the amount of pressure that that, that that media market and like those people buying into it are going to put on him right for coming, you know, because he hasn't had to operate like that. Yeah. For such a quiet guy and, you know, probably likes some of the, uh, anonymity that he has, uh, in New York, maybe, maybe that's something that interests him. Right. But I think Lou Lamarillo is like he stabilized a lot of the stuff that was going on in Toronto at that time. Yeah. I feel like he'll be able to stabilize it here. And yeah. like I said on the last episode, like I'm feeling really good about the Leafs, man. I'm feeling I'm <laughs> feeling really optimistic about uh, Gilman and, and Pridham as our uh, assistant GMs. Like I think that that's going to be really good. Yeah. Um, and I'm not really all that devastated that that Lou and Mark Hunter are gone. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, it was time for like a paradigm shift, like. This was a tough playoff for us. Like, yeah. everyone expected so much more out of it. And they performed the best that they could, but yeah. they still couldn't climb past it, right? So For sure. Time for the paradigm shift. Maybe um, Tavares coming would help. Yeah, that would. And I think a guy like... Um, a guy like... Tavares is obviously really exciting. Yeah. I'm really excited to see what the Leafs do with their draft this year. Yeah. Dubis um, has, has always done some like, really cool moves in terms of trading back to get some at, like some extra assets yeah you know, that's how they were able to get Dermot and and uh, and Brocco before so that'll be pretty exciting but anyways let's let's end this episode you and I have to watch a NHL 18 Washington Capitals versus uh, Golden Knights simulation here see who wins <laughs> the game it's two minutes into the game and Vegas has already scored uh, Brady McNabb with the clap bomb from the blue line. <laughs> Anyways, is there anything else you want to chat about before we head out? No, I think that's all good, man. Let's uh, look forward to this series. Cool. Um, so you guys know I reactivated the Hosers uh, Twitter account. So throw the Twitter account a follow at Listen to Hosers. You can listen to Hosers on iTunes and SoundCloud. Feel free to rate and review the podcast and leave a comment on SoundCloud if you're so inclined. Again, you can follow Hosers on Twitter at Listen to Hosers, and you can follow Carter and I on Twitter at Penalty Kills, Penalty K I Z, and at Carter Lupel. That's I it. remembered this time. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening, guys, and we will uh, talk to you next week. Thanks. Thanks, thanks guys. To the